Fast growth is great in theory, but without the building blocks to sustain it, it's worthless. All right, friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Very, very fun episode. We're going to be talking about mastery versus ego. We'll get in depth with that. We have a little bit of office talk. I have some business lessons in here that you're going to want to hear. We have the closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. All right, friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the emails. Please, if you found anything of value in this past year from this podcast, from this YouTube channel, please give us a like, give us a five-star review. Tell a friend, tell a colleague, we're trying to grow. That being said, this past year, if you've listened to anything, I swear to you, almost every episode, you've probably heard something about growth. I've been obsessed with growth. I want to expand the office. I want to add doctors. I want to keep the train rolling. I want to enter that next phase of my optometric career. My kids are getting older. My oldest is in first grade within the next three, four or five years. Their nighttime activities are going to be much more plentiful. I want to be at all of their events. I also want a business. I want to be able to leave for a month and have the business run and operate without me. That's a business, right? If you don't make money when you're not there, you have a job, a very fancy and awesome job, which I'm not discounting, but I want to have a business. Okay. Now that being said on this pursuit of growth, another interest that I've really been pursuing outside of optometry in a sense is longevity. I don't know why, maybe it's turning 40. Maybe it's just, seeing my kids grow up, my parents grow old. I want to make sure that the last decade of my life, I am functional and thriving. Not, I want to live to be 122. I want to make it so, say I live to be 80. From 70 to 80, I am still doing all the things I love and enjoy. Okay? Now, how does that longevity and how does this growth where do they intersect? Well, I might be making a stretch here, but let's make that connection, shall we? Fast growth stifles longevity. Intrigued, are we? When your core focus is to get as big as you can, as fast as you can, you're going to skip steps. You're not going to do the things that you need to do to make that growth last. Fast growth stifles longevity. Let's get into this. So as I've tried to grow, I felt that I've been very controlled and reasonable about what I'm doing. I've defined my vision. When I was talking to another doctor, I'm trying to recruit to join the office. She's like, what is your culture? What's your vision? Can recite it like the back of my hand, right? I, I know every detail I talk about all the time on the podcast. I know what we're here to do, how we're going to do it. My circle of competence. What areas do I want to focus my energy on? Where do I want to focus on mastery? Not ego. Remember, last episode we talked about the ability to be great and what it takes to get to that point defining your why and mastery versus ego. 
I know what I enjoy. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to master. This is going to help me continue to grow and have a firm foundation because I love what I'm learning, what I'm practicing. Okay. We've developed our org chart. So we know where our leadership lies. We know what roles those entail. All these things are the building blocks to growth. You skip these steps and you're going to get this bigger new monster that you've built and it will start to crumble from within. How do I know this? Because I've done it. I just tried to start a bunch of different offices. I didn't have the right infrastructure in place and invariably they were mediocre at best. I was spending a bunch of overhead. I wasn't growing with a purpose and they weren't successful, right? I hunkered down, focused on my core. We're doing great. We're the best we've ever been. So what examples do we have in the real world of this? Well, there's a thing I, I read about uh, fish, all right? They did this experiment where uh, when fish were developing, they put uh, one group in cold water, one group in really hot water. And the hot water fish, again, I'm not a piscatologist. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm not a fish expert here, right? Stay with me. But warm and hot water. Whatever fish it was, the warm water caused them to grow faster. The cold water stunted their growth. So after X amount of time, they then put them in the same water. And what they found was the fish in the warm water were twice as big as the fish in the cold water. However, the fish that were raised in the cold water that didn't grow quite as fast lived to be twice as old. And the reason for that is that expedited growth stunted those growth factors. What, I was, just, what I, was I just telling us about growing your practice? If you don't have the right growth factors in place, you will implode. You will be bigger, but you won't live as long. All right, longevity. A tree that is growing. If it's amongst other trees, it will grow slower. It will get a bigger base, a bigger root system, right? If it's out in the open in a field, it's going to get a ton of sun. It's going to grow rapidly. And you know what's going to happen? One, that environment is conducive to bacteria and parasites eating the root and the trunk of the tree. But also, it's not very sturdy. It will tip over and topple. Fast growth is great in theory, but without the building blocks to sustain it, it's worthless. So, already got a life lesson here for optometry. Make sure you have the building blocks in place for growth. Awesome. Now, this brings us back to our business, right? Ego, mastery. I told you I was going to get a little bit deeper in this. And when I first got into this, I wanted to be an expert in something. I still do, but I didn't care what it was, right? I didn't care if it was sclerals, vision therapy. Well, I'll tell you this right now. When I first started doing the vision therapy concept, I'd ask every patient, you know, parent, like, hey, if we offered this, would you be interested? And no one really hit on it. Then I realized I didn't like working with kids in that context. Myopia management. When I first started doing myopia management, I went hard and aggressive, right? I thought I had to sell the parent and just full court press. And I turned out a lot of parents off. And two, felt like a snake oil salesman. Like I was just trying to get a sale. I wasn't educating. And there's a difference. The same goal, same account, same result, but it really makes a difference 
to me and how I practice. So didn't approach it the right way, wasn't my juice. Got into some dry eye stuff and I really liked the scope of practice. It it spoke to me. I've, I love reading about it, I like studying it. All right, that's cool, I have some good sclerals. Really cool, I liked the impact it had. The problem was really hard to get paid and the patients that I was bringing in, granted I didn't bring in a whole bunch, maybe 30 over two years, but the patients I was bringing in had a really hard time paying for it. Not fulfilling when you have this awesome technology that no one wants to try or can afford, right? So a lot of ego-driven things there and not a lot of success, right? I, I dabbled in dry, I dabbled in myopia management. All these things, I didn't have success. So what did I do? I took a step back and said, what do I enjoy reading about and studying, right? What do I see a lot of? What patients do I interact with the best? And honestly, the dry eye patient spoke to me. I loved reading about it. I liked studying it. And I took the past year, literally, every article, every webinar, anything I could get my hands on, I was all over it. And I still am. And I love it. Great fun. Now, I kept getting referrals for myopia management. And I said, you know what? I did all this work to learn about it and I still know what it is. I'm like, well, I'll just I have nothing to lose. And I started doing it my way. You know what? It was fun. I enjoy it. So that's the ego versus the mastery concept, right? What I found is when I'm pursuing something that fulfills me, all right, stimulates my brain, I want to hear all the nuances. When people are talking about all the adjustments for orthokeratology or scleral lenses, I kind of, it's not my jam. I get it. But I can do ortho-K without being that mad scientist. I can do sclerals without being that mad scientist. I'm not going to be the best, but I'll enjoy it. I'll do it. But when it comes to the dry eye, when it comes to the myopia management, I get a lot of fulfillment from studying, but I also feel like I can give benefit to the patient. What's your why, right? Why do I want to be great at it? It has that altruistic feel of like, I really want to help these patients because I think there's a need for it. Not that there's not a need for the other things, but it still didn't speak to me the same way, right? I liked the outcome that it gave, but I didn't like the training it took to get there. You can use that in a sports analogy. You can use that in a scleral lens fitting analogy as well. I didn't like the training it would take to be great. So I dabble, but I'm not my all in thing. When I talked to great doctors, when I was at Vision Expo West, there were so many doctors. I'll call out Dr. Julie Helmus. She talks on the uh, podcast circuit. Uh, she lectures and she has like a $4 million practice, couple of doctors. She was away from office for 30 days and it ran and that I, I'm very envious of that office, that business that she has. She was in the same class as me, asking the same questions, trying to get that 1% better. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, I'm trying to be you and you're in the same spot as me, just trying to get better, that 1%. And that blows my mind. I talked to a bunch of other doctors that were going to lectures that were almost seemed remedial. Again, I was going to the lecture. I'm like, hey, are you already doing this or just getting into it? Like, no, I, I do a bunch of this. I just... Anytime there's a lecture about myopia, a lecture about 
uh, you name the topic, glaucoma, I just go to it because I always want to look for that little nugget, that little breadcrumb that will lead me down a path to be a little bit better. And that's the pursuit of mastery, right? They are not, like, sometimes, I kid you not, you look at these people going to those classes like, oh, you're going to that class? Like, you don't already know all that stuff? Ego, right? Do you ever do that when you ever look at them going to a class like that? I used to, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, oh, you don't know how to do this? And literally, I know they probably are 20 times better than that at that than me. And I had an ego that was stopping me from getting that 1% better, right? It's all about your perspective, but what's your why, what's your motivation? Now, I am going to throw a caveat in here because this was illustrated to me perfectly well, about two or three weeks ago, there was a ocular wellness and nutrition, ocular health, I don't know what they're, the, the people that love supplements. They had a little webinar and I love that stuff. I'll eat it up. It's perfect. It's right down my alley. I love longevity. I love supplements. I love being natural and making my body better, right? But that's a hard sell for our patients at times. If you're a chiropractor and you're watching this, I'm not trying to offend you. Thank you for tuning in. I doubt you are, but I don't want to be the chiropractor that has a special magic potion for everything that happens. And not that I don't believe in your gut microbiome affecting your dry eye, because I really truly do. But in that context, in that webinar, the lady literally came on the screen and said, what we got to do is not be afraid to ask our patients about their stool. Do they have diarrhea? Do they have... Uh, are they constipated? I'm like, yeah, uh, no, right? Like, I firmly believe there is scientific backing that says your gut microbiome affects inflammation, will affect dry eye. But me accepting that, making it known, and making the leap and talking to my patients about their stool is a big jump, right? So when I say pursue what you love, pursue what you enjoy, if that's your jam, if that's your go-to, by all means, you're going to be better than anyone else out there because you firmly believe in it. I'm not going to stop you, but I will say whatever you're doing, make sure it has some kind of painkiller effect. Remember, I talk about this a lot, painkillers and vitamins. Painkillers will stop a pain immediately. People will pay whatever they have. They'll give you the shirt off their back to stop pain. Vitamins, literally in the ocular health and wellness webinar, they're talking vitamins, are something that you take to not have pain on the road. Know what we suck at as a society and as a healthcare profession? Prevention. Know what people really don't pay for right now? Prevention. I'm not saying you're not supposed to beat that drum. I beat the prevention drum every day. But when I'm putting my time, effort, energy, investment into things, I want them to have a monetary reward. You have to make money to be in business. If you are pushing something, investing in things that people do not want to buy, that's a bad investment. That's not a business. That's a hobby. That's a, I don't know what that is. It's a bad decision in my mind. So make sure there's a monetary reward at the end. And I'm not saying you have to be rich, but you have to run a business, right? We are here to provide for our families, to serve 
our communities, but you have to make money to do that. Cold, hard stop. So that's the caveat I'll put on there. So that's me going deeper into ego versus mastery, how you can make that part of what you do. Just a little, little side note that I will tell you is one of the things that I've recently stumbled across, and I have to look into this further, I know all us optometrists cite your source. When I, I'm not going to cite my source because this is a podcast. This is a YouTube channel. You can look it up by your own. But mirror neurons. What they say is you see something and it rewires, it works your brain for you to mimic that to be better. If you surround yourself with a bunch of inputs of things that you admire, so that you want to master, me constantly going to every dry eye lecture I I can, all the myopia management lectures, I'm seeing this, I will mirror it. It reshapes your brain. You mimic the world that surrounds you. So why do I put that in there? How am I going to end this? Find out what you want to master and control your inputs. What you take in is what your brain's going to rewire. It's what you're going to do. What are you scrolling on social media? Who are you talking to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? I'm guessing that 70% of what you take in is not supporting your dream or your goal. You have a little bit there, but the majority of your time, effort, and energy is in some other arena. I'm asking you to take 20%, be 50-50. 50% of what you consume, that you intake, pursues that ultimate goal. Do that for a year. See where you're at. Do it for 10. See how far you've come. That's what I got. We'll have more for you next week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. Today, I want to tell you what you talk about matters. Little experiment I want you to do. If you sell supplements, if you sell dry eye products, if you sell bird masks, I don't care what it is, pick one. I want you to talk to every patient about it for a month and see how your sales go. I found out, this is maybe three years ago, when I talk about Macu Health, know what sells? Macu Health. When I talk about dry eye products, artificial tears, the ones I recommend, know what sells? Dry eye products and things I recommend. What you talk about is what the patient hears. I just got done telling you to control your inputs. You're an input source that they are paying for because you're the expert. Tell them what you believe in. We sell what we believe in. Make sure you believe in what you're selling and then tell the patient how this is going to make their life better. Great way to increase sales, but another way to increase your influence on the people that are paying for it. So a little experiment. Leave a comment below. What are you going to focus on this next month? And let me know how it goes. All right. I met with uh, Ferris, the Michigan College of Optometry. They had a private practice meeting. I love mentorship. I love talking to those students. And one of the things that I always try to tell you, I try to tell them, uh, is that our greatest superpower as optometrists, in my opinion, is we are expert learners. We are very good at learning complex, in-depth information, and we can do this at a high level. We are better, in my opinion, than 99% of the population at doing this, right? Awesome. Kryptonite, we think 
And most of you, some of you still here, think the only way to learn is in a classroom. Oh, I just got to say I'm going to get my MBA. I'm going to go back to school to learn X, Y, or Z. Sure, you can. But with YouTube, with books, with podcasts, do you know what kind of information is out there for you to consume? You have a doctorate. You cannot be any more highly credentialed in our system. Be a doctor that knows business. Yeah, there's times too I want to get an MBA. Why? Just to see what they're learning and have some more letters behind my name. I'm not going to lie to you. I do love school. But when I'm talking to the private practice club students, Every single one of them says, how do you learn business? Read, podcast, consume. It's not hard. You can do it all. You just can't do it all at once, right? Pick one thing and take it inch by inch, moment by moment. I told the students, want, want the, a business lesson? When you go to a doctor's office, what do you enjoy? Do you like waiting? No. Do you like it when the doctor is in and out? No. Do you like it when they explain things in a way that you understand? Do you like it if your child you bring to the doctor and they connect with the child and uh, make them feel welcome? They kind of ignore you, but the child is pumped. They get a sticker at the end. That's business, right? Those are the things that you need to do, the things that you enjoy when you are the consumer business lesson. Where do you learn business in your life? When you order something from a store, what are your expectations? Those are the expectations they have for your office. Business lesson, right? It's not rocket science. Yes, when it comes to creating your LLC, when you're talking to your CPA, are you an S Corp? Are you a, you know, LLC? Are you a, you know, sole practitioner? Yeah, that's hard. That's a fraction. That's a modicum of what you do. Yes, You'll pay for that knowledge. But so much of business is just making people feel heard. Giving them what they're asking for. You do it every day in your life. Do it in your business. You'll be successful. So off my soapbox. Last thing I will leave you with is I talked to a couple of doctors that uh, just hate managed care. They've dropped it. And they're doing awesome. I love that. I love that you have the ability to get rid of the man that's keeping us down. I'm still going to stand on this soap, or not a soapbox, on this mountain where managed care is a good thing for me. I am not getting a ton of referrals. I couldn't have a business based solely on referrals. I get a lot of patients in with managed care. I take almost all the plans. You know what they are? They're glasses patients, they're contact lens patients. They have glaucoma. They have macular degeneration. They have diabetic retinopathy. They have dry eye. I refer to myself. That's how I build my specialty clinics. I've done it in such a way that I am now ready to hire another doctor and focus on some of these specialty clinics that I've created on my own. Right? Own your niche, whether it's private practice with managed care or private practice without managed care, I do not care. What you need to do is own it. Make it your own. Be the best you you can be. You'll be happier for it. I'll have more office talk for you next week.
where, oh, where has the time gone? We are to the closing thought of the episode, and I was listening to a podcast that was talking about um, the mentality of soldiers when they're in battle. And the phrase that they had was, stay afraid, stay alive. And I'm not saying that we're in battle, but there's so many things in life that that is true to. Business being one of them. If you get comfortable, if you get set in your ways, if you're not afraid of what's coming down the pipeline, you're going to become the dinosaur that someone else is going to knock off. I am having the best year I've ever had in my optometric career, and I am the most diligent about learning new stuff to stay cutting edge. I am happy and content and motivated and scared at the same time. I never want to be the dinosaur that does not grow, right? So that's a fear. Do I love what I'm doing? Do I want to keep doing more of it? Absolutely. But that worry, not of the business dying, but of me just not being one of the older doctors now that I've been out for about a decade that doesn't understand how to do the profession. It has students coming out looking at me and saying, oh, he's practicing? How can he do that? His poor patients. There's so many doctors that I said that about when I graduated and I still look at and have that thought, why are they forcing their patients to be in a 20-foot lane? Right? Again, that's a very, not a huge like detriment to the patient, but there's a better way. Make sure you're pursuing it. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.